0: From St. Louis Public Radio,
1: this is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Kaleidoscopes are having a moment in St. Louis. It's not just that a kaleidoscope show is now on display at the Foundry Arts Center in St. Charles, although that's a big deal. No, it's also that an international expo for kaleidoscopes is coming to town May 12th. That's the 30th annual Brewster International Kaleidoscope Expo. And joining us now to tell us about it and this art form is Mike Thibodeau. By day, he's a computer scientist, but he's also a kaleidoscope artist and a collector. Mike, welcome. Well,
2: thank you for having us.
1: And we're also joined today by Donna Thibodeau. She has been a computer scientist and a bakery franchise owner, but she is also a kaleidoscope artist and collector. Donna, welcome. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here. So, Mike, I understand this started for you when you walked into a shop on St. Charles's Main Street. Was it sort of like kaleidoscope passion at first sight?
2: Well, we had um, come across a kaleidoscope in one of the shops and then uh, wandered down the street a little more, went into um, the glass workbench, if I can drop names, sure, and found a kaleidoscope kit there, and um, we decided we were going to try to make that out of wood. And then later, we, um, we had both been junior achievement advisors in the night program in the 90s and thought, well, this would be a good kit for the junior achievement kids. And we turned it into a kit, did really well with that in that J.A. company that year. Then that spring and junior achievement asked us to make that kaleidoscope kit available to the 800 junior achievement companies across the country. Hmm. And we thought, well, yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. Um, and we took a 401k loan to buy materials to make all the kaleidoscopes, spent the summer getting ready for the fall when Junior Achievement started, and we sold 24 kaleidoscopes.
1: Uh-oh. So,
2: <laughs> so then it was, well, we better start doing craft shows and art shows. We got that 401k loan to pay for and a spare bedroom full of kaleidoscope parts.
1: Yeah, so it almost seems like there was some practical considerations here. First, you saw a project <laughs> oh, (laughs) For the kids. And and then you see, okay, we, we took out this loan. We want to pay off this loan. At some point, did you start to say, I actually love this? Yes. The
0: kaleidoscopes, they're two pieces of art in one. The outside is often beautiful. The inside is just a wow thing so much of the time. As we were doing craft shows, we were making so many of the same kind of scopes because that's what we had all the parts for. And we thought, we can do more. So we started thinking other ways to make the bodies. We started doing inlay in our wood, other mirror systems, other image chambers. And then Mike learned about the Brewster Kaleidoscope Society. And so then we got involved in that.
1: And so this Brewster Kaleidoscope Society, who are these guys?
2: Well, They're um, a collection of kaleidoscope collectors, retailers, and artists. Uh, We meet every year... um, but we haven't met for the last two years. And then this year it's uh, still a little bit, um, COVID, um, COVID careful. Yeah. <laughs> and like most of our, well, actually all of our international folks are not traveling to the U S as they have to quarantine when they get back mm. home. And, um, that wasn't going to work out for them, but some of them, well, one of them has, uh, artwork at the foundry art center. Um, two pieces, uh, by Koji Yamani from Tokyo, Japan are there, uh, but it it's a good time uh, yeah. all, it's it's uh, a group of people uh, kind of all with the same passion because the retailers are have the same passion for collecting as yeah. as the artists and you know it's a uh, free discussion of how how people make like that scope there um, doesn't do very good in pointing on radio does it but, <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: Sad problem, radio. I have a, a gorgeous kaleidoscope in front of me that I don't know that I would have ever guessed was a kaleidoscope no. if you weren't the one who who brought it in here today. And and I'm looking through the part of the kaleidoscope I wouldn't think I would look through, and yet on the inside, this is stunning and also so clearly mm. a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Kaleidoscopes can surprise you. Oh yes, yeah. very much. Yes. And you mentioned this gentleman from Japan who's not able to to travel for this particular expo. Is this an art where you find people are practicing this all over the world?
0: We have a pretty large contingent of artists from Japan and collectors as well, and they have one quite large kaleidoscope museum, just one, I think. Um, But we have people from Israel, Australia, uh, European countries, um, both collectors and artists. and. Quite every,
2: it. every continent except for Antarctica.
1: Okay. So, yes, this does go all <laughs> around the world. And do you find that, um, you know, there's, there's, as you mentioned, there's two different parts of this. There's sort of the outside part, and then there's the amazing world going on on the inside. Are people drawn to one of those more than the other, innovating in, in well, one area?
2: Some pe- like When people walk through the um, Foundry Arts Center, if they didn't know they were coming into a kaleidoscope exhibit, you know, they think they're looking at sculpture. Yeah. And then we said, no, look through this end. Yeah. And then it's it's uh, two pieces of art in one, as Donna said.
1: And so some of these might, uh, you might think you're just looking at a, at a normal sculpture. You might have no idea that, that there's the world of the kaleidoscope on the inside.
0: Absolutely. Some of them are just so beautiful on the outside, and you could display them proudly on your mantle and never even think, oh, there is another piece of art in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the innovation goes on both both directions.
1: So I understand at the Foundry Art Center, um, there's a kaleidoscope necklace. There's also a kaleidoscope that weighs about 400 pounds. It's it's quite a gamut there. What's the most unique kaleidoscope you've ever encountered?
2: Oh, my. I've seen kaleidoscopes that are also fountains.
1: Whoa, like water is coming out of the kaleidoscope. And
2: the water is the uh, object to look at. Um, Boy, most unique.
1: There's the one in the
0: hospital that Bob oh, A. Yes. did uh, at, that covers multiple floors of a hospital.
1: Okay, these are fairly unique here. And yes. I'd say the fountain, yeah. this also is a, yeah. a very appropriate and answer.
2: The world's largest is in Nyack, New York. It's a former grain elevator. Wow. Uh, there's that one in. <gasps>
1: I was going to ask how expensive these kaleidoscopes can get, but I imagine one made out of a former grain elevator—that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> priceless. <laughs> yeah, and, you know,
2: and and the one at uh, the Children's Hospital in Cincinnati, Bob Aids uh, kaleidoscope—that's that's, that's uh, you know that's not one one can buy. It's, yeah, you commissioned that to be built there.
1: This is a piece of public art, uh, really. But, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and the works that we have at the um, foundry, the the four hundred pound. Uh, a, a boreal kaleidoscope by uh, Robert Anderson. That one is twenty one five uh, twenty one thousand five hundred. Uh, but it is a big garden kaleidoscope. It has three kaleidoscopes attached to it. They're all pointed at a large bowl. It's intended to be outside planted with flowers. And just to plug, um, I think it would look great with Chihuly glass at the Missouri Botanical Garden with Chihuly glass and some flowers. Then the bowl spins. Oh, wow. This huge bowl spins on a bearing, and it's, it's incredibly smooth. He has over 100 of these uh, uh, pieces across the country. And, of course, they're all different.
1: Wow. So there are really, there's a wide gamut here that these kaleidoscopes can run. I understand each of you also have uh, pieces in this exhibit at the Foundry Art Center. Uh, How did you choose, or was it the curator who chose?
0: Um, Well, we kind of helped to curate the exhibit. Uh, We worked with the Foundry to get this exhibit together. Um, So we kind of put some pieces that would be um, just to represent our work, but not, we didn't want to go too crazy with it. Um, so we just picked some representative of our work that do a little different, that are all different.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: Was it hard to choose between the works by other artists?
2: Well, you know, just like trying to pick your favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, they're all fantastic. Um, but and they're all different, so they all you know it's it's definitely worth the trip. Um, and then after you go visit the foundry, you can walk around in old St. Charles.
1: There you go, make mm-hmm. a day of it. And That's exciting. This
2: coming Friday is the foundry's um, first Friday celebration. There's live music and uh, there's a bar and um, fun activities and uh, I guess there's what flower making.
0: Uh, They can do make gifts for Mother's Day.
1: Okay. Well, we want to encourage people to check that out. That is at the Foundry Arts Center. It's on display now through May 13th. So there is a chance to do that um, in the next two weeks here. And also the 30th Annual Brewster International Kaleidoscope Expo. This is called Gateway to Kaleidoscopes. Uh, That runs May 12th through 15th at the Sheraton Westport Chalet Hotel St. Louis. We have links to both events on our website if you want to uh, check them out for yourselves. stlonair.show. I am curious, though. So you kind of went through how you got into this, you told the, the quick version of that story. But at one point, you referred to the fact that you had kits where you could make 800 of these. Mike, I find myself wondering how long it took you to get through all 800 of those.
2: Oh, well, you know, it, it's one of those things. I, I don't know that we made. Well, yeah, we, we made over 800. Um, but I mean, this was in the 90s, you know, and, and we're cutting the wood and, you know, you do, I don't know how many, a hundred of these at a time, a hundred of those at a time. Yeah. So Mass yeah, producing it, more it than... It took the summer of producing and working full time um, the summer to, and we were both working full time at the time. Mm-hmm.
1: How did um, that feel at the end when you're like, yes, we have just finished the 800 kid Kaleidoscope?
0: <laughs> I think we were just exhausted. Um, and then very disappointed when we didn't sell that many and so but still it, it did lead us to this world that we really enjoy so much
1: yeah I'm kind of curious I feel like many people at that point would have been like wow I finally got this done this didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out they would have moved on from kaleidoscopes what do you think kept you in that kaleidoscope state of mind Well, one thing
0: is we did both really enjoy them, and we both really enjoy doing the woodwork and being creative. The other thing was the 401k loan that Mike mentioned. (laughs) So we figured we can do craft shows, we can sell these, we can assemble them and sell them, and that would help us pay off the
2: loan. Yeah. And once we started doing the craft shows, you know, setting up wasn't any fun, but being there and doing the craft shows. That was fun.
1: Yeah. And it it seems like this is a real shared hobby for the two of you. Um, Mm. How does that work out? Do you ever find yourselves getting competitive with each other? Who can build the better kaleidoscope?
2: Uh, We don't really, there's a lot of uh, collaboration and, you know, I might pencil something out and, you know, we'll discuss how can we actually get that together and you know, and even like you know, we went like that kaleidoscope there that I'm again pointing to on radio um, <laughs> is uh, eight-sided. And eventually we went to six-sided for most of our kaleidoscopes. And that was something we discussed. And,
1: yeah. It's something uh, you work through together and mm-hmm. and you enjoy that
0: part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have someone to balance ideas off of. We don't always see things exactly the same way. But most of the time we figure out really just by trying that yes this way works better or this way
1: works better Hmm. Well it's resulted in some beautiful kaleidoscopes Donna Thibidou I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you Sarah and Mike Thibidou thank you so much
2: Thanks for having us
1: This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
2: Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.